right, hello and welcome to the Holy Hour Podcast. It's the bi-weekly all-cure podcast, and I'm Gavin, and we have another wonderful episode ready for you guys right now, and I'm joined by our old friend, John. How's it going, man? Hey, guys. It's going good. It's good to be back. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Listeners out there, you might remember John from when was the last time? We've been on a few times now, but... um, it's been a little it while. Was, it was, yeah, it, it was 2020, wasn't it? It was the, it was the Cured on Trial yeah, episode. We put them on trial. Um, <laughs> back the... in the spring of 2020, yeah, when the, <laughs> when the pandemic just started. <laughs> totally, yeah. We talked to each other right before the pandemic, too. So we had too close to backwards, I guess, like early February. We did the Valentine's Day playlist there before, when everything was all uh, peaceful and nice. And then, like, a month later, the world came crashing down and... Uh, we put the cure on trial. You know, that's what you do during a pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah. And if I remember correctly, one of the things we put them on trial for was not releasing the new album. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. We actually. <laughs> so I guess they're still, uh, you know, being working out their sentencing for that, you know? So, uh, but uh, yeah, here we are a few, few years later. And uh, like I said, great to have you back on the show. And thanks for throwing this idea out even a little while back. You know, like a lot of things here on the Holy Hour, it takes a little while to get everything stewing and get all the stars to align. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so here we are. We got a, a fun topic. John was like, how about we do what ifs in a sense of... Uh, and I don't know how directly it was associated with the idea of the Marvel ones, but that's how it started to make sense to me, even though I'm not a huge, like, you know, I watched the Marvel movies and stuff, read the comics as a kid, but I'm not, you know, I'm definitely missing some holes there in the billion stories and shows they throw out and all. But uh, is that kind of what it stemmed from for you, the idea? Or is uh, it... Yeah, sort of. I, I did, I did, <laughs> I did WhatsApp Marvel What If show, but um on youtube there's like there's like this youtube channel um alternative histories which basically stuff like you know uh, you know what, what what if germany won world war ii yeah. what if um nixon was never president <laughs> all, all these random things and it's just like oh, I'd, I'd like to put like a kind of you know put put something like uh you know like the cure or something like that in, into that kind of perspective uh-huh. Um, especially since, you know, as, as you say, you know, you, you go back on the history and, and you find out like a lot of stuff like original plans or original concepts for albums and stuff. And I think I think it's come up on on your podcast quite a few times, hasn't yeah. it? Where, where you're like, oh, what, what would that have been like if they went down that route? So I thought it'd be a bit of fun to kind of. Um, make up some bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> so we're gonna get super scientific here, but uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, though, it is fun. It is in their history and timeline have been going long enough where there are plenty of these that kind of dropped out of the sky, you know, or it's like, oh, yeah, yeah of course, everyone's kind of pondered that, you know, especially because Robert loves to take the you know, complete 180 on the shift of what was going to happen next with the cure and stuff. So, you you know, keep everybody on their toes kind of perspective. And uh, so, yeah, you you can't help but wonder a lot of times, well, what if he had done this? Or what if that happened? Or what if it was out of his control for once or something like that? You know, so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. So we're going to definitely be dealing in some false realities with you guys today. Uh, Do you tend to enjoy movies like that anyway? I'm I'm kind of not a false reality guy in the movies and stuff. When I, um, 
Yeah, I, I quite like it, but now now you've put me on the spot, I, I can't think of like a movie that really kind of does that. I know there's that show, isn't there? Is, is it called like Man in the High Castle or something? Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but to be honest, a lot of like sci-fi movies that I loved from like, you know, the 80s and stuff have now kind of technically gone into that genre because they're now set in the past like like blade runner yeah yeah you know it was set in like 2019 <laughs> isn't it? so it's, it's technically now like a kind of alternative history like you know what if true technology changed in that direction yeah yeah it's a good point there's uh, a lot of that going on yeah i mean i tend to like i hate like definitely like the dream sequence cop out or something you know in movies when you have the like, is this really happening at all? And, and even like oh, Fight yeah. Club or something, or I'm just like, well, yeah. you got to figure out who you are before yeah. I'm going to like <laughs> listen to the story, man. <laughs> I have like friends yeah. that love those, you know, even like Total Recall or something like that. But it's just like, uh, you know, it goes back to the Wizard of Oz ending. You know, I'm like, I prefer to just think it was all real and not just a dumb dream, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, it's always a bad cop out that, isn't it? That bad, <laughs> so, bad little cliche. Yeah, yeah like it's all was it all real? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the way we handled this, I guess you had come up with a bunch of them just kind of kicking the idea around when we were messaging initially. So we got a list of uh, possible what-ifs. And I throw it out to our Patreon crew, and they hit back with quite a few cool ones, too. And uh, I figured we'd just kind of walk through them. Um, I left them kind of mixed up. At one point, I was like, maybe I should like kind of categorize them where ones for certain periods would be together, you know? So there might be some double tracking where we repeat, you know, reasons for something over as we bounce around through the eras. But I also thought it might be a little more fun to have it be hodgepodge and bouncing all around you know so uh awesome so shall we kick it off then i think we set the stage for this false world that we're going to be diving into yeah let's go let's do it all right this one uh first question then was uh from the most recent cure album 413 dream and uh you proposed well what if it was just a double album as it was supposed to be sometimes the craziest rea uh, reality is the one that was supposed to be so uh just something as simple as that is what if it was a double album and uh a lot of wrinkles could have been different uh because that is the most recent cure album still and um i don't know i think it probably would have won as a fan if you don't mind me going first <laughs> as a yeah, fan yeah, i think yeah. uh you know, more is always better, even if it was a bunch more mediocre songs or whatever. At least the odds were there to get another few gems that we could, you know, cherish for the next, what, 13 years now? We're on 14 years since that album. So especially knowing there'd been such a huge gap, I would have definitely been in favor. And like many Cure fans, I think, of just having the double album, whether it was any good or not, you know, just having more would be slightly better. But um, I think the idea of just, like, uh, Robert being happier, too, might have changed a lot in the sense of that was what he really wanted. And I kind of detected through interviews that he did seem a little soured and maybe defeated by the time the thing came out and it wasn't his true vision of it, you know? And uh, maybe that's what led to not really wanting to put out more albums since then because he's kind of reached that point where maybe he can't win every argument with how the album should be, you know? So I wonder, too, if if he had gotten his way, maybe we would have gotten more albums in general after that. So what do you think, John? Um, pre pretty similar prediction to uh, yourself there. Yeah. Um, I think 
obviously from what we've kind of been told from the odd little bits and pieces was one disc was going to be the kind of pop cure and one disc was going to be you know the more darker yeah. uh, doom and gloom cure <laughs> um so if if the double album came out as was implied i think the darker stuff would have definitely been bloody hell sorry about that. Yeah, no, <laughs> the darker stuff would have definitely been um probably received better critically at least yeah. um especially with the fans maybe uh, i don't know about the general consensus um on a downside to that i'd probably think that the tour would have maybe had too much new material True. which could have affected the sales <laughs> you know a lot of people don't really like hearing the newest stuff when they go on tour duty right um we would we um it could never be the same was a 413 session right. song was he did say that didn't he yeah yeah that and step yeah. into the light so we would we would have got that for sure and i think that would have been down a smash it instantly mm-hmm. um and yeah like you said i don't think robert would have been as annoyed and kind of frustrated and you know kind of heartbroken by the whole label process and we'd probably have some more albums now if if, if this was if this kind of happened you know yeah for sure yeah, I like that point of the the tour because I think on those shows they'd probably only played you know maybe a handful of the ones from that album. You know, they still kept it pretty sparse, <laughs> so hard to say. Yeah. But if they were good on the double album, then maybe it would have made you know totally been fine with it being like a four thirteen stack live show. Yeah, so who knows? <laughs> I think this is always kind of like the problem that like we we always assume that this lost second half of the album yeah. is good yeah we always just assume that don't we just just because of from what was kind of hinted about it yeah and it's like if you look at it more realistically now you know i've 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 come on this show and talked about 413 in the past and i don't mind it overall but it's you know it it, it was a it was a return to form in some ways but it, it it wasn't it just didn't really quite reach them levels and I think looking back on it, like the production and the mix is a bit of a mess. And yeah, and it's just like, even, even if these darker songs were like really great, well-written songs, I think kind of like that style with the, you know, especially that, that boost of just the guitars and the kind of muddied vocals would have just brought them down and just made, and just kept the album at the consistent kind of yeah level that, it already is now in you know our, right. our real lifetime line kind of thing yeah true true because yeah like on one hand you have a song like it could never be the same which is awesome and i wish that was on the album you know yeah but then, exactly but the, if you could imagine underneath the stars and it could never be the same yeah, on the same album that already boosts it up one point on the album score to me. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> for sure. But the fact too, that the B sides, I wasn't crazy about, I know some people liked them, but I thought like all the B sides were misses pretty much, you know? So I was kind of like, so if it was just more of that, then <laughs> yeah, true, <laughs> true. True. But maybe those were always meant to be B sides. So when you got B sides to a double album, that's always going to be a little harder to do something amazing on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Cool. Well, good points. Yeah, well, I guess we'll never know. Like all these. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next one? Yeah. Number two, we start getting into some uh, personnel ones where we talk about members. If, uh, if uh, So the first one, what if Pearl had never left? And I guess 
have to put the little asterisk there as like which time. <laughs> so uh, maybe from the top, uh, even if uh, Pearl just never left from the very start, that would have been kind of probably a mess because I can't see Pearl really digging the dark era right off the bat even of what is <laughs> even though the guitar playing is clearly amazing and and awesome um i think probably was the best to wait for around top to bring poro into the mix there but um yeah so that's a little tricky but i think what most people probably refer to is after wish how much would things been different having yeah Pearl I put off the wish. yeah so that's a tough one um I mean, I think for a lot of it, while Mood Swings is just a bit rough because of the lineup change, you know, like it just hadn't really got its feet on the ground yet, you know? So yeah, you, definitely. Yeah. So I think that's the main kind of thing to ponder there is the idea of like, well, some of those songs probably would have been a lot cooler with, you know, Pearl guitar playing on it, you know, or at least made it feel a little bit more like classic Cure, you know, so... Um, what do you think? Um, yeah, as I say, I, I kind of took it from after Wish. Um, the, the only thing I could really kind of think of is, yeah, they, they probably would have gone into the wild mood swings. Um, they, put, they would have gone into like the, the wild mood swings kind of um, sessions. And I think it probably would have been a lot tighter. I think what we've kind of seen from history is... Um, is that when Robert gets his way and has full control, things go a little off the rails. He's yeah. he's a fantastic artist, but sometimes he just needs that reining in from a from a peer. You know what I mean? Someone equal to his level. Whereas when he's the absolute top dog, right. with no kind of pushback, that's kind of when we get into the top and the wild mood swings territory and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting and. And uh, a Matt, Matt, a listener, also had told us a few episodes back now, I guess. Um, I, I wasn't too aware from the start, I guess, that Doing the Unstuck was kind of one of the later, if not the last one, recorded for the Wish sessions and stuff. And the idea of like how that's already kind of starting to segue a bit into what would become Wild Mood Swings. And you, you kind of think of a song like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that would have been kind of cool because Pearl's all over that, you know, like could have made kind of a song, like a more happy-go-lucky song or something off off of Wild Mood Swings a little cooler the way doing the Unstuck is, you know? So you kind of definitely have at least one little shred of an evidence that that could have been, yeah, Mick Carr might have had a way cooler kind of groove to it or something, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe with, with them being less... Uh... In, in a chaotic state yeah um you know true true but uh yeah i guess as we shift to boris in the same boat really what if boris never left or at least didn't leave after wish um yeah i think like you said the main thing would just be the consistency of the lineup and having it feel like familiar cure in a sense you know um you know i feel like his playing is amazing, of course, you know, I just did the Jason episode where I, you know, still stand by the side that I don't have anything against Jason's playing. Um, if anything, it's the tones. So I think if on a wild, wild mood swings kind of album, you know, to have like Boris's tones might've been 
a little cooler, um, but at the same time, I'm not really sure the drum beat really ruined any of the songs I don't like and stuff, you know? <laughs> it was kind of just that the song kind of isn't that great, you know? But, uh, so yeah, it's hard to say. What do you think? Could Boris have wrangled it in more? To be honest, it, it, it's not really something I'd uh, really know too much about with, 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 with kind of that angle of the music. It, it's not always the, the part I've focused on. Yeah. I think... I think to be honest, it like say if if neither of them left, you, you know the 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 longer you're together, you know you know the stronger the bond is. And um, obviously, with with members leaving and other members coming in, it, it it kind of breaks that flow a bit, and and that kind of explains wild mood swings and why it is just kind of such a chaotic kind of jumble of um, right. <laughs> you know hot and cold, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, that's kind of what makes it that way. Especially because by that point with Wish, they had all kind of brought in more demos and stuff. And I don't think that was happening, you know, with Wild Mood Swings, not nearly as much anyway, you know. Like, the idea that they would have those initial sessions where, you know, Pearl had songs, Boris had songs, everybody was bringing in something, you know. And at best by Wild Mood Swings, I think it was all Robert and Simon and maybe a Perry song here or there, you know, and that's it. So it, it definitely while the band playing and stuff is tighter yeah the actual you know or the sound is tighter but the you know relationships they probably all totally killed each other if they had stuck around so yeah, <laughs> <You> know, yeah. <laughs> so, is it better to have the music or them totally hate each other <laughs> so, um i guess we'll shift from that one i'll skip ahead on my list anyway even though i said i wouldn't bounce around but we do have some other member ones that kind of fit in that while we're in that boat i guess uh we had the idea of what if lowell stayed as the drummer the whole time i guess or um i guess asterisks in the sense that he probably wouldn't have made it past disintegration no matter what um so maybe we'll say up to disintegration even if Lowell had stayed at drummer how would that have really shifted the sound that's for sure so um i'm not sure they could have done it at all if they're doing songs like shake dog shake or caterpillar even or something i don't know maybe it would have just had more of the vein of the old dark era stuff but uh i you think they could have pulled it off uh, yeah, yeah, possibly. I yeah. mean, as I say, I, I don't follow the kind of history of the personal lives, but obviously I know at that period of the time, yeah. um, you know, Lowell was kind of losing the plot, wasn't he? Yeah. With the drug addiction and, and stuff like that. And so, I don't know, perhaps him staying would have caused more drama, more, you know, more of a rocky path for them yeah. moving ahead. Yeah, it's hard to tell anything on, on that if you take the actual music aside or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could see a version of Disintegration with like Dark Era Cure drums, though, if you really just focus on the music. Um, I don't, you know, it would have definitely been more stripped down still, but uh, it, it could have worked. I guess the hard part would be like Kiss Me or something like that, where there's just so much variety all over. You wonder if he could swing it with the drum skills on those or if it just would have had the same impact as far as you know busting out something that's slow and darker versus you know why can't i be you or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, see i'm like you, you you hear of the term like tone deaf don't you yeah i'm like drummer deaf 
I really it, it, like for someone who loves music so much and has been in bands and has written music. Yeah, drums to me are just such kind of like background yeah. noise. Is that you know as long as it's right. <laughs> as long as it's keeping a beat, the drums to me really don't like. It, but but it's it's one of them. I know they do, so I know I'm just kind of being like ignorant, naive on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, as I say, I am I'm completely like deaf to it. I can't play them. Right. I can't understand them. I can't write can't write so, um, drum parts for people. Yeah. I just you know point to the drummer in my band and say do it with more that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they look at you like what? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much the same way too. It's yeah. more like faster, slower, keep it steady, start and stop at the right time. Cool. We're good to go. Anything. I mean, I guess you'd really notice it when it's an exceptionally cool beat and I notice it when it's an exceptionally like stupid beat, but otherwise it's like, yeah, you could probably, I guess, like you said, yeah, it just makes me, it's like, I know I'm being ignorant about it too, you know, there's way more to it than that, but I'm always more the songwriter kind of dude, you know, where it's all like, you got a great song, you can put pretty much any fucking beat behind it, as long as it's not ruining it, you know, but yeah. at, at the same time, you could have a really awesome drum beat, and if it's a stupid song, then it's still a stupid song, you know, <laughs> so kind yeah, of like, yeah. <laughs> so... So all the drummers can send their hate mail to us now, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, something to that. Uh, let's see what else. Who we got? Any other member ones? Oh, yeah, we did have a, a Simon. What if Simon? Uh, and this was from Coulter on the Patreon. So I'll try to give credit to the ones that sent in specific ones. Coulter on the Patreon said, "Simon, what if Simon didn't leave after pornography?" So you wonder, would they have done the pop singles anyway? You think? Or was that? Uh, well, yeah, what I've put down is probably, let's say, like, I, I kind of base it on Robert still goes in the studio with the, with the concept of the top. Mm-hmm. But I, I reckon Simon probably would have clashed with Robert on some of the songs. So it might come out a little, little bit tighter and a little less weird and poppy. It might be... It might be an album people look back on a bit more fondly than the top, yeah. you know, in our timeline. They say that the, the top's another one. I've I've had a weird relationship where I've come back to it at times and gone, oh, actually, this is, you know, a, a little underrated gem. And then I've listened to it again and gone, mm, actually, this is a, this is a bit shit. Right. <laughs> it's, um, it, it, it depends what mood you catch me on. But, um, yeah. you know, there's, there's definitely no signs of Simon on yeah. the top album. And I think, I think that one reason alone is, what makes it sound so like distinct from the other albums and, and kind of gives it that underdog wild card kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with Simon in the band, I'm trying to think of it sounding a bit more like head on the door ish. Yeah. Which I would have liked more personally. I think some fans would have liked a bit more personally. It's kind of funny because like that whole period of the band, it's just like everything's happening so fast. And it's just like I'm I'm I'm, I'm every year. I'm yeah. tour, I'm tour. So it's like there's no time to kind of like reflect on things. They would, you know, they, they went straight from pornography into the top, into head on the door, into um, you know, kiss me. Right. It was just like a wild kind of time period of the cure, but it it was just like constantly shifting and changing and evolving. So um I don't think we would have got like pornography part two right I think, yeah i think that era, era probably definitely kind of gone 
and kind of gone from like Roberts kind of um y- you know how he was feeling on it. Mm-hmm. So I think he would have come in with the top and he probably would have come in with the top songs, but I could imagine him showing them to Simon and telling me like nah, I don't really like that. I don't really <laughs> want to play the bass for Love Cats or you know Yeah, I feel like um, we definitely would have lost whispers, isn't it? But still, yeah. you know. But yeah, those are the ones I think we probably would have definitely lost was Love Cats and Let's Go to Bed even. You know, they might have yeah, done something which... to kind of segue out of the pornography era, like doing like Just One Kiss and stuff. I could see those being Simon, you know, like in that vein. Um, and like you said, and just like a, a truer kind of form of, of the top, you know, but couldn't have gone straight into Head on the Door, I don't think either. So there is a weird gap for sure. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Like when you watch in orange and stuff of how core the top sounds, you know, to me, the songs on the top, you know, I've said in the past or it's like, it's weird. I love them on that, you know, but I'm not crazy about the album. I still love it, but I think I like it because of those. And it probably is because it's something about that Simon playing. It makes them feel more like natural cure songs, you know, or something, you know, like piggy in the mirror or something like sounds amazing on that, you know, but on the album, I'm kind of like, eh, that's cool. But (laughs) (laughs) so you wonder. Yeah, it was the one album by them that I kind of avoided for a long time. Yeah. And then when I saw them in, was it 20, 2014 now? No, when they did the free Hammersmith shows. Mm-hmm. And they the... played, it wasn't like start to finish, but they played the entirety of the top, didn't they? Right, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the songs I wasn't familiar with. And I was like, oh, they, they sound really cool. What album are they off? And it was like, they're off the top. Yeah. So I go and listen to the top and I'm like, um... <laughs> These weren't the songs I heard the other night. <laughs> yeah, totally. So it's something that definitely translates better when with Simon in the mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you would expect. Cool, cool. Um, let's see. Let's move on or move back on my list, too. We had, oh, I guess this one kind of deals with a person, too, as we jump way later in the Cure timeline again. Uh, my favorite topic. What if yeah, Ross Robinson <laughs> stuck around? Like, because they were had a three-album deal with Ross Robinson, right? And uh, what if they couldn't escape this deal? So I don't know what angle that would really take, but the idea that... Uh, I guess Ross Robinson would have produced 413 and another album. So I guess, I mean, on some level I'd be happy because that means we would have another actual Cure album because they would have had to have one more on top of, (laughs) even if it was a Ross Robinson produced. Um, And even trying to cut him a break for once, the idea of like the self-titled album, it's not too much on the production side that drives me nuts on that album. It is more the songwriting, you know, and we can't even officially blame him for that. You know, it's kind of... Yeah, like I've songs. always thought that, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like yeah. the guitar tones and everything sound cool. The drums sound cool. His voice is a little cranked in the mix, but I think that's a Robert thing, you know. Then Dave Allen said that he loves turning his voice up real loud. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's hard to say. Um he, you know, the band probably would have gone crazy and more people would have left <laughs> from getting candles thrown at them and stuff. So we might not have the same band by the end of the third album. But uh, what do you think would have been the death of the cure? <laughs> I know exactly what would have happened. This is my <laughs> precise prediction. What's up? Which I used by doing a bit of black magic. Yeah. So Ross Album 2 would have been a featured album with mm. many new artists new metal artists. Jonathan Davis of Korn features on a track. 
Fred Durst does a rap on a track called Picks of You Too. Ooh. And there, uh, you ready for me, Fred Durst? And Fred, this is how the song goes. He goes, <laughs> yeah, Limp Biscuit, Robert Smith, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Robert Smith does scat singing. Have you ever heard Corn? I think he uh, was a scat singing. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Robert Smith just, just unleashes. Um, unfortunately, the album tanks. It's... It, officially becomes the worst selling record of all time oh, the pure break up and we never hear from them ever again that, oh. <laughs> so we wouldn't have got the third one anyways uh, no it would, would have been such a disaster <laughs> it just would have fallen apart yeah oh man so yeah whatever uh, deal they worked out <laughs> Robert Robert quits the cure and he goes and plays guitar for Slipknot. Okay, yeah, wow, it just keeps getting better. <laughs> this is that dark path of the alt history yeah, that we, we don't. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, wow, that would have been a, a nightmare for sure. So uh, it's it's weird though in actual history of how we don't really ever hear. I don't think I've ever heard like the legit reason how they got out of it, you know, like, did it just implode from the label? Did Ross Robinson just kind of not want to do it anymore? So he had the choice or. I think in all seriousness, it was probably, yeah, it was probably more just like a mutual agreement, wasn't it? It was probably like, you know, you know, like, as I say, (laughs) you've all shit on Ross in the past, but, um, you you know, clearly with him trying to work with the cure, he, he was trying to branch out at least. And yeah, you know, try something out of his comfort zone. It, it's a funny time period, that kind of era, because that was like the peak of like, um, you know, like Tim Burton popcorn flicks and stuff, you know, like <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake and and and, and all that. And, and it kind of made sense for The Cure to kind of try and recapture that young audience with the, you know, the kind of new, the, the current wave of kind of, Goth, CMOs, alternatives. Right. I don't fully really like. I, I can't really go too hard on them for that right. self-titled album because I, I can I can see the mindset, mm-hmm. but I think I, I just don't think the vision was was fully there. Right. Um, you know, I, I I like the end of the world um, yeah. before free. Um, even all ends, I think it's okay. Yeah, that's um, some good ones on there. I think maybe they should have kind of embraced, you know, Ross Robinson's uh, kind of background as a, you know, more than a new metal, obviously like early corn and stuff, and, and maybe gone a bit more of a darkier, kind of spookier, yeah, kind of thing. Because it, it 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 was kind of like this weird mash of like pop songs, but angry. Right. It, yeah. it was it was very it was very strange on that. I think I think we can just put it there. Yeah. Um, just you know, I'm I'm not fit. willing to drop two hundred pounds on the vinyl for it just yet, but I'm, right. uh, <laughs> I'm eagerly waiting for that record store day uh, picture disc of it. Like <laughs> Yeah, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So interesting to, to think that could have happened there, but I don't know. That Fred Durst rap, that that might have been <laughs> one that just <laughs> just finished them off for sure uh, well uh let's see we've talked a lot about wild mood swings already so there's a good one that says well what if wild mood swings was their most successful album the flip side of if it just continued this mainstream success of wish and blew them up even bigger mint card number one hit 
everyone's going, all the kids are going wild for the 13th. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> been so weird but um yeah it's hard to say almost like you had touched on earlier though it probably would have been worse than anything because the idea of robert making so many of the top decisions with that and being so in control that you know he would have (laughs) on some level just been like all right well i could do anything after that if this is like the the fucking be all (laughs) the next album would have been totally ridiculous i'm sure or he just could have done yeah your free form jazz album (laughs) (laughs) he probably would have tried some crazy shit like that you know so um you wonder if it would have been too hard to pull him back from that if uh if it had done really well you know of course i would have been happy for their success but at the same time um i think it was good to kind of humble them a little make it uh so we could actually buy tickets for their shows still you know if we wouldn't had that small setback it would have been like uh totally impossible to ever see them live again you know so uh yeah that's definitely a time period obviously um i was like five when all this went down right (laughs) (laughs) but it's definitely a time period that i like i always like these kind of like these these kind of mid stages of bands when I look back at their histories, because I always find it like so interesting, like kind of what happens kind of after the peak. Yeah. Um, you know, after the highs and stuff. And as I say, it's interesting that, you know, this 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 band that just like kind of blew up and gone global, big mm-hmm. stadium level band. And then and then they release this kind of, you know, bit of bit of a commercial dud. Mm-hmm. And it brings them back down to the arenas, and you can get yourself a nice cozy uh, space up at the front. You know? Right, <laughs> definitely not a bad thing, is it? Because as I say, like by the time I got into the Cure, they they were in legacy status. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they were known as this legendary band from the eighties. So you know, in the nineties, you know, it, it was an interesting period of time, wasn't it? Because grunge just slaughtered everything. Yeah. It, it killed metal. Well, I think you know what I mean. It, yeah, it shifted everything. Like you know, bands like like I was watching that. You seen that Disney Plus series that um, Tommy and Pam. Uh, no, I haven't watched it, but I, I heard about it. Goes, it. Yeah, it as I said, I don't listen to Motley Crue, but it it, it goes into it, it's interesting because it shows obviously Motley Crue and how they kind of struggle. Yeah, going into the nineties with, with with grunge kind of taking over and them being seen as kind of like dinosaurs right um, i think the cure were kind of definitely in that kind of territory where they were seen as you know the old way the yeah. old sound yeah I mean, um, from both sides even with the brit pop angle too and you know yeah just that exactly they were just, yeah there was a there was a lot shift there wasn't a, there in the 90s so yeah, especially i think just wild mood swings gap. was always gonna go a bit like that but i i came up with a fun prediction <laughs> which is basically the success they start a new trend with every new wave eighties band makes a W a wild mood swing style album. So <laughs> next thing you know, yeah. new order and Depeche Mode and all that <laughs> coming out with their own little versions of the 13th. <laughs> right. Um taking the, the mariachi band onto it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The band continue to make bizarre music. Yeah. Um in a similar style to that, you know. All could have been possible, man. It all could have happened. So <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. Let's see. Uh, we got Robert Smith. What if he officially went solo after pornography? 
um, right at let's go to bed, we'll say, because that was such a departure from the cure. And he just full on probably never would have done it just because of his name isn't the most exciting. <laughs> Robert Smith, you know, to us, it sounds godlike, but yeah, to the average person. It wasn't back then, man. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. back then, but it is now, you know, you know, yeah. you, you know it, it's kind of one of them. And it's like, you know, when people say the cure, some people say, Robert Smith of the Cure, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know. You, you you definitely can't put all the credit to him when it comes to the Cure, despite him obviously being the you know the the, the one consistent member, right? Besides, you know, mostly Simon, yeah. um, and everyone else has kind of dipped in and out. Um, I reckon he he so after pornography, I reckon he you know he he decides to put the Cure name to bed and. <laughs> no pun intended does <laughs> let's go to bed but does it under his own umbrella it, it'd probably kind of be like i don't know it could have gone a couple of ways couldn't it really but he probably would have kept going with that style a bit with the poppy right. stuff for a few years and you know you might see one of his records in a in a boot sale for you know, the, the, the let's go to bed stuff and all that, to be honest, as much as, it, you know, I, I, I do like it, it's, it's very kind of dated 80s pop music, isn't it? Um, it's kind of one of them. Did, did, did the band get him back on track for Head on the Door or was it kind of through his own right. kind of doing, you know what I mean? That that That's that's my kind of what I kind of ponder. Would he have just done albums like Head on the Door and Kiss Me, Kiss Me, and even Disintegration just, just under his own name and just yeah. always had um, a backing line of session musicians? Um, I think if he did that and, you know, The Cure just became Robert Smith, right. I think they probably still would be as big as they are today. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's hard to say. It's a, it's a tricky one, that one. Yeah, I think it's like you can look at it too as like it probably wouldn't have been that different because uh, on the stretch from like the singles to the top even is you know pretty much considered a robert solo album by a lot of people and even as you go into the writing ahead on the door because he pretty much got all that rolling himself he's like credited solo writer on all those you know so it's kind of like yeah. it's hard to say once they all got recording it in the studio if it got a little more of that simon flair and boris adding so much life to it you know but um the same time up until at least head on the door probably would have been about the same, but then it's hard to imagine, like you're saying, like an album like kiss me and definitely disintegration. Cause they were bringing in those demos again and stuff, you know, Simon's baseline for love song and stuff like that. You know, it's just all these things that, you know, would we have just gotten a whole bunch of top albums, you know, like, or at best, like a really kind of stale head on the door. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, it's like, so it's as I said, going back earlier on, I think, Robert's always at his best when he's got some pushback. Yeah. It's a bit of a George Lucas scenario, isn't it? Because yeah, the, the original sure. trilogy <laughs> wasn't just all his say, was he? There was a lot of people kind of um yeah. you know, you know, talking into his ear on that. But when the prequels came around, it was it was entirely his vision. 
Yeah. Um, it was still Star Wars, but yeah, it was... people were afraid to be like, ah, maybe we should uh, tone that down a little. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we should get rid of Jar Jar. Yeah. No, Jar Jar's the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the lead. <laughs> it's like, maybe just give cut of some of his lines down a little. He literally has more lines than you and McGregor. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think there is a huge part of that, you know, and... And, you know, even a little bit of wild mood swings, you could get back into that territory where people were kind of like, eh, you know, like nobody was really around to, to step up and kind of challenge about things. You know, everybody was kind of floating around in that degree, too. So it's hard to say maybe as a solo artist, he would have kind of worked that out, too, like a lot of people do as solo artists. You know, once the, the first couple albums are a little rough, you know, and then they get yeah, into Yeah, he could have got himself a pretty solid um you know kind of backing band yeah maybe yeah. even maybe have even had simon involved and yeah, right. maybe even some of the same members but the, the name was just not the cure right and it was robert smith obviously that doesn't have the same kind of stick to it but i'd i'd, I'd say you know robert smith is just as much of a of a household name as the cure yeah anyone who knows the cure even just from the radio would yeah. tends to know robert smith Right. So you know, his his name's well known. I think he could have still, I think he could have still sold himself off his name alone. Um, mm. But that that that's obviously going down the route of he made the music similar or consistently similar to what the Cure did. Right. Really, yeah, yeah. Go was... All all <laughs> toppy poppy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. Let me go full full pop there. Uh, let's move on to the next one. What if Robert changed his look? Everybody always loves to dwell on the fashion sense of Robert Smith and The Cure. Um, let's say maybe by like 96-ish even, he just uh, goes full on normal looking, has a goatee, maybe loses his hair, wears a jeans on stage goes for the Fred goes, goes for the the Dave Matthews look or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hoodie and the baseball cup <laughs> it's like oh god um i as a diehard true cure fan i feel like i would stick by him if he looked totally schleppy up there but at the same time it's hard to say uh i think if you had the whole like back look you know you could always look dorkier as you get older and still be fine but at the same time um yeah i don't know i like that he stuck to it a lot of people always like want him to just cut his hair and stop wearing makeup and grow up or whatever you know <laughs> i'm like nah man that's what makes him him you know it's a, it's a, yeah and it's, it's not like he goes to the grocery store looking like that we all know that he yeah. you know, could tone it down and stuff it's not like he's goes full raccoon for for everything <laughs> but uh so iconic isn't it it's it's, it's like you can spot him through his silhouette and I think I think he'd made he'd already made his name by that time that he would if he if he would have done that he, he probably would have got away with it and the one of the besides a bit of fan outcry I, I don't think it would have affected them affected them too much yeah um I still think he rocked that look well into like the late two thousands um, yeah you know he, he's still doing it now and you know it, it, it's Robert and we love him for it but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you know. think you're, you're ready for the downgrade? <laughs> yeah. 
like, yeah, I mean, we have Robert Smith, we have Robert Smith at home, Robert Smith at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I mean, he could be. get away with casual Robert that we've seen in pictures with no makeup and just kind of slightly flatter hair, you know? I mean, his, his hair's just kind of fizzling there now, so it's kind of like, I could see that working. Nobody would be totally destroyed if he came out on stage without the you know i think makeup. it would have been bad if he if he really started to like go bald or thin or yeah you know there was some significant kind of change to this well especially his hairstyle yeah it would have kind of looked bad um, especially if it happened like around like disintegration or something you know what i mean if like like normal yeah, people yeah. if he had just started to <laughs> thin out and get whatever you know like by like when he's still cranking out stuff you know like now it's like whatever he's a six-year-old man yeah, let him lose his hair. And, you know, the fact that he's got anything up there looks great. I'm like, you're my hero. <laughs> but, it looks natural, doesn't it? He's still got that natural brown. Yeah, something and, and stuff. So he's he's doing well. He's doing well. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess we won't solve that one, but uh, it, it would be. And I think even like '96, just if he changed his look, of course he wouldn't have gone full baseball cap and goatee, but like he could have managed to look cool still and have a normal, like more normal or just different, you know, I think he could have slowly backed out of it and the fans would have been fine with that. Yeah. But the, um, the blood flowers album cover might have worked as well. Like, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. Uh, what if the cure stuck to putting out an album every four years, uh, since 2008. So really we would only have, We'd, we would have three more albums, um, which could be good or bad. It might have just totally watered down, you know, the <laughs> the full package if they had put out, like, three, like, really just mediocre albums. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I still subscribe I think, to the yeah. more is better, whatever. At this point, I'll take any of them. If it has just one good song on it, that would be nice for me. I'm happy with that. But, uh, you know, you want him to believe in what he's doing and put out quality stuff. So I, I, I do stick by him for that idea of like, he's not going to just crank out any crap, you know, but, um, you know, it's hard to say, but yeah, it's crazy to think we, if, cause he did have a pretty good run of every four years since what, like wish I think was when it started being every four. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if they'd stuck to that, we'd have three more albums. Um, yeah, as I say, it's, it's only what the albums were consisted of. I think what what I kind of thought was four fourteen scream would have come out in twenty twelve since there was already a disc of material. Okay. The new album that we're currently waiting on, <laughs> yeah, June <would>. this year, <laughs> um, would have come out in twenty sixteen, which which would have made sense because they were. I think it's it's still the same lineup now, isn't it? From yeah, that was the last now. big official. So probably would have. So. We probably would have got this. Uh, quote unquote new album <laughs> about yeah. six years ago yeah um, i think it probably would have been an improvement on the 413 kind of sessions overall yeah and then i thought the new new album would have been due for 2020 yeah but obviously covid happened and i reckon it would have been delayed and i reckon this year we would have got album number three True. Yeah. That's my prediction. Unless they had it like ready to go that first month or something. But yeah, that, that sounds more realistic for sure. So yeah. yeah. So, you know, probably not enough to totally tip the scales and change things forever, but it would would have been cool to have three more. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so maybe we will still get it, three. Yeah. Maybe that's what the three albums is. He's had them on standby. <laughs> he's yeah, just, yeah. He's stockpiling them. He's gonna drop them. 
yeah. I mean, uh, an, an album, an album equals tour, doesn't it? And, and and you think about they've pretty much have consistently kind of yeah. done at least a, a world tour every about four years, haven't they? Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. Yeah, like that 2016 like 2012, tour. but they did they, they did like festival headlines for quite some couple of years, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then 2016 obviously was a world tour, and uh, now this year is a world tour as well. So so they consistently toured. So I don't think we've missed out on too much, except for Excellent. three albums worth of music, which yeah. again is entirely down to what that music would have consisted of. <laughs> right. It's kind of like like we all think Scream. The four yeah. four fourteen scream album is 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 this secret hidden album of absolute <laughs> gems. Yeah. We we assume this new album is going to be like a masterpiece, kind of based on the weight. But yeah, uh, I have a few. I have some niggling doubts. You know, if it was that <laughs> good, it, it would have been out. You know, I don't know why it takes so long to finish an album. If you get what I mean, yeah, it's been it in the be... finishing stages for quite some time now. Yeah. Or even going back to the idea of the 414 thing, you know, if he had some hidden, just like heaven gem on that or something, it would have popped up in a live show. You know, the fact that, you know, it can always be the same. It can never be the same. <laughs> you know, there's an awesome song, but it's not like top well, we, of the chart, we, best of cure shit yeah. ever. You know, I mean, we it's just a cool talk about stepping to the light, do we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we forget about that one. <laughs> if that one was good enough to resurface after the album was dead and buried, you know, then the other ones are probably like, mm, you know, they might be cool. <laughs> Hard to say. But he's also the, not the best judge, probably, of like what's a great song on the album at this point. He's probably like the last. And there probably is some like amazing exploding boy type song or something. He's like, yeah, I just never liked that one. You're like, what? That, that album was <laughs> that song's so good. Yeah, um, well, as the time as the time we're recording this, they've just announced the Wish reissue, haven't they? Yeah. And so. uh, I think I think I was looking at some interview he he put out on it, and he was saying like. Um, Oh, I didn't realize some of the great songs we had on this album. It's like, <laughs> how often do you listen to your back catalog, Robert? <laughs> so it turns out this you, is really you've, good. Been, you've been neglecting some tracks <laughs> off that album. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, maybe if he does like sliding into his vault and yeah, check okay. out Scream, he might he might realize what a what a crime he's committed upon the world of not <laughs> releasing like, this is it. Great. This is the best Cure album ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Awesome. All right. Uh, moving on from that, we have uh, a couple questions from Matt on the Patreon. Uh, he says, what if Alan Wilder from Depeche Mode had agreed to join The Cure in 95 when leaving Depeche Mode? Um, and there's a link there of when, when he left. Apparently he said that Robert did offer him to join The Cure, but he didn't want to join another big band. Um and uh, yeah, so he would have been on board for Wild Mood Swings had he uh, said yes. So what if he had joined? They had gotten some, it's like when a baseball team or somebody like, you know, gets that all-star player from another. <laughs> does, yeah, it work? Yeah. does it work? Does the chemistry work? A lot of times, no. But, <laughs> but um, it would have been interesting. And then what we've talked about with Wild Mood Swings and the idea of, um, you know, I don't know my Depeche Mode context nearly as good as like cure stuff but it sounds like he's credited a lot to the arrangement and 
you know, kind of helping sculpt a lot of their songs in the sense so much as just playing and coming up with the parts. But uh, so like maybe an arranger or somebody just to be that extra person for Wild Mood Swings to bounce things off of and collaborator would have really improved that album too. Um, Hard to say. I mean, if you take it with the context of Roger wouldn't have come back then, or if they would have had both of them, then they could have had like mega keys assault album, you know, almost turn it into like a Depeche mode, double synth kind of thing going. That'd been kind of cool too. Uh, So hard to say. Um, I guess it would be a good thing, but uh, I don't know. I feel like Roger covered all the actual keys parts very well on Wild Mood Swing, so we wouldn't. It's not like the the playing of any keys would have been greatly increased if you had the same songs, but with different per player. What do you think? Um, I think maybe I say it, it's you know it's 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 a big name coming into the band that it could either be the the dream team or you know the button of heads, you know the clashing of egos. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's a tricky one that one. I think maybe if he came in, Robert, you know, obviously because he is such a big fan of the Pesh mode um would have tried to kind of go down at the pesh mode inspired um kind of style on yeah. the album and it could have been something completely different and maybe the cure may have even become something completely different yeah um yeah it, it's hard to say as i say um but my uncle's a massive depeche mode fan Okay. Uh, he he would have put some good input on it, but nice. um, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, the, the Pesh Mode have some have some absolute you know quality bangers of tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah and, you know, someone a, a creative mind like that in you know an already very creative you know big band like the Cure mm-hmm. um, could have could have led to good things, or could have just been kind of like that. You know, dives on for one album. You know. It, nothing works and he and he's gone you know right. yeah yeah that totally does happen you know it's like cool i'm out he pulls a johnny marr and just uh, <laughs> he's like okay you're on your own now <laughs> it's like wait come back <laughs> but uh yeah it's, it's pretty cool i wasn't you know maybe i read that at some point but i'd totally forgotten that that was even on the table at one point as a proposal to him hard to say how serious it was you know but uh pretty cool Anytime you hear of like potential cure bringing in a new member and it didn't work out is pretty pretty rare, you would think. Let's move on to the next one. Um, this says, uh, kind of going back to the Ross Robinson idea, but what if uh, it was a different, just a different producer for the self-titled album? Let's say they were working with the exact same batch of songs but had Dave Allen producing. Um, so yeah, then you get the flip side of Ross Robinson. I guess I kind of answered my opinion on that. It was like, I still don't know if I'd be crazy about it just because the songwriting isn't my favorite, you know? Um, I think somebody like Dave Allen, I would have definitely loved to see what he could have done with it because he might have had a better touch of what kind of classic cure to bring to the table or just helping maybe pick better songs, you know, in the process. I think there was a lot on self-titled that didn't make it onto the album and we may not have even ever heard as far as outtakes and stuff you know you kind of wonder if he just picked a lot of the ones he thought would work best with Ross Robinson and stuff like that and uh so I almost wonder if a different producer probably would have been a better you know arranger and and stuff like that too and even just the arrangement of some of the songs that 
could have benefited a lot on the self-titled as much as I love end of the world. That's some of the songs that kind of go a little long or just, they come back to another section a little too much or something, you know, I'm kind of like, ah, I need to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely so, those ones where he's like yeah. howling by the end. I was like, we could have like lost would have been a really cool song. I feel like if it was like two minutes long, <laughs> it's like keeps going by like the fifth I, minute. I he's forgot like, about lost. I love Lost. You love Lost, yeah. I love Lost, yeah. I remember hearing that, and that that was that was my angsty teen years, and I remember that blowing me away. Like, yeah, that's but, awesome. Um, yeah, we 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 touched upon it before, didn't we? Really, where it's like, you know, Ross Robinson wasn't exactly a great fit for the band, and you know, from what we've heard, that he was like freaking out and trying to right. engage anger in them and stuff like that it was a, yeah. was a little unnecessary, and you know, it's like I don't quite understand the result you know you do that to Slipknot and you get a result because right. the music is you know in in that kind of emotion you know it, it, it's angry it's aggressive <laughs> the right. cure's never really been like that you know maybe he could have tried to bring down a bit more more, more of a sad emotion to the yeah. music especially songs like going nowhere and stuff like that but um get, getting back on topic anyway yeah um I think I think you're right. I just I just think the songwriting for them sessions was was weak, very yeah. weak. I mean, the, you know, like the kind of the, the the hits we kind of drag out of them. Yeah. End of the world before free. Yeah. A, a kind of like probably the weakest hits, but still, you know, I think every Cured album has something to take from it. Right. Um. Even from that album, the stuff you're taking from it is, you know, if it never existed, I don't think I'd be shedding any tears for it, you know. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, I think I think it was more just kind of like the the time period of the band where they were, you know, the 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 the, the peak was behind them, the, the the height of wish and disintegration was, you know, long in the past. Music was going through another shift again, right. I think I think it was just kind of it was always going to be that way, wasn't it? I think mm-hmm. the obviously after kind of Blood Flowers, you know, you wanted a lot more energy from them because that kind of did feel like sluggish and right. bloated and kind of um, you know what what a parody band would write a Cure song, you know, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like when someone asks you to write a, like what a Cure song sounds like, right. you know. <laughs> Here's a list of um, 10 words and uh <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he said she said right. <laughs> um so yeah it's you know it's an interesting one I say it's a time period that interests me you know it, it's a band kind of entering their kind of later days stage and you know you, you want to make an impact you want to kind of stay I hate the word but trendy yeah and contemporary and I don't I don't blame them for the mistakes they made on that on that album, but again, the band like The Cure have never really had the producers have like so, some bands live off their producers. Like if it wasn't for their producers, they would not be right. the bands they are. Whereas The Cure have always kind of felt like the producer comes in and helps, right? But it's, yeah, it's always been their their vision, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah That's I how I've like, always interpreted it anyway. Yeah, he yeah. always kind of is on, he's got an idea going in. And yeah, if anything, I feel like 
as much as I always want to blame Ross Robinson for everything, it was probably, you know, and he's even said in things, he wanted to put some of the slower songs on there and Robert was against it, you know, and I'm just like, ah, oh, dude, really? Like, you know, I hired you for a reason. Yes, I mean, it's kind <laughs> of make like, me angry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you really got to have to blame him more for a lot of the decisions, but it's easier to, to throw it on Ross. <laughs> but uh, same time, yeah, I think he, he would have done what he was going to do on some level, no matter who the producer was I, I wish I had you know I can't really off the top of my head think around 2004 who would have been like alt choices of somebody that yeah. could have been core and they don't go you know, do you know who direction. they were like sh were they shopping anyone around or was it I don't think so yeah. to Ross, you know? I think it was such a long process and you know internet stuff wasn't quite as fast now you know so by the time that I realized they were recording anything he was already involved and I was just shocked by that as a kid I was like all right cool. yeah <laughs> but, so I'm gonna kind of show my my uh lack lack of cure knowledge here but they've never really had the consistent like kind of produce it after it's always been someone different yeah. each time did, did they have like a yeah, Dave yeah, Allen was Dave the main Allen, dude that yeah. they worked with through um, Top, technically, through Wish. So, I mean, that's, you know, one of those yeah. things where it's like... What, by, by mood swings, it was a different, yeah, a different guy each time. Line, yeah, it's funny, because yeah. you, you get them bands, don't you, who stick with the same producer for all, pretty much their, like, entire yeah. career. Like, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers have always had Rick Rubin. Yeah. Besides one uh the previous album before the latest one mm -hmm. um and sometimes that does work to a benefit because it's always there's always that consistency there is when you know you, you're bringing in someone new it can always bring the new ideas but at the same time it can you know it, it's always a bit of a swing and a miss isn't right. it <laughs> um so, so yeah i guess with dave allen being out for two albums at this point and coming back they, they, they might have you might have brought back a bit of that consistency, a bit more of that wish right. era sound. If nothing else, he could have dressed it up more like old Cure, yeah. you know? But, <laughs> so. but the thing I've always liked about the Cure is they've, they've never kind of, obviously, you know, when when they were kind of starting, you know, 17 Seconds, Faith, very similar, but, but they've never really repeated themselves too much after, you know. You know. True, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like I don't want a wish to, I don't want a disintegration to. Right. I want the new thing, but I I also want the new thing to be good, like right. wish disintegration. Yeah, and I always say that <laughs> was kind like of one of the title. hard parts of Blood Flowers. Even was that association with pornography and disintegration with the trilogy thing. I was like, they should have never said that, you know, because then you're yeah, just putting I it in there. That. And that was like, it. I, I'm, if it was just its own thing, I would have liked it so much more. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Disintegration? Uh, pornography? <laughs> just yeah. Like, it's my, the, my guess is bar. he just kind of thought it was epic. Yeah, I think that's it. does it. get epic at times, but it's not, it's, you know, it's no disintegration, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's epic and it's consistent, you know, like like the songs, you know, the songs are pretty much all start to finish. Right. Fairly similar. It's, uh, I can see it, but I can't. You know what I mean. I can. I'm kind of grasping at straws to, <laughs> right. to make the comparisons. You know. But yeah, yeah. So, um, from Coulter, he says, "What if the singles released weren't the ones that we know, and other tracks had to be picked as singles from each album? 
So this kind of goes back to that revisionist episode we did where we just picked what could have been other singles and stuff. So that's a whole thing in itself. Again, you know, I know we keep harping on wild mood swings, but that's probably the one that's most questionable on like <laughs> what could have been the single of choice. Would it have helped? Would it have hurt? You know, I feel like all the other ones are pretty obvious that those songs had to be the singles. Maybe there's a couple semi-deep tracks that could have been, you know, like yeah, head on the door I, has a few alt ones that yeah. for sure could have been in there, but uh, I don't know. Wild Mood Swings is definitely the most like could have a different single have saved that album more. Uh, mostly like success wise, like chart mainstream success wise, would people have been core to it if they had put something? I, else? Yeah, I really couldn't see the band being as big as they are without just like without the singles of yeah. just like having Friday. <laughs> I'm in love, obviously. Um, like love cats and stuff like that. Yeah. The later, the later period, however, this would have definitely worked because from like wild mood swings, mm-hmm. their kind of single choices were kind of a bit of a mess, you know. Yeah. Especially on wild mood swings, like I, I would have definitely had like you know, probably like once and trap or something yeah, singles, yeah. you know, and then. Did they even release singles for Bloodflowers? No, that was kind of the thing that they said, like, as of the, like, it's so dark, it doesn't have singles. Yeah, I guess guess if they release, like, (laughs) There Is No If as a single. Yeah, they kind of made maybe someday the the radio stations just grabbed it and made that. Yeah. We need something, so they kind of picked that one. 413 had four singles, didn't it? Yeah. And I think they started strong on the only one. Yeah. Freak show, freak definitely show. not. That should have been changed. Yeah, uh, maybe to hear uh, the reasons why or something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the later days, I could like this. This ideally may, may have helped the band out a lot more. But it, it, like, it, it's it's them early days where I, I struggle. To, I really struggle to see them. Yeah, hit, such hitting such making such an impact without in between days and um, yeah. you know, like lullaby and stuff like that. Um, you know, you think of disintegration. The, the only single, uh, the only songs you could kind of really use as singles were like Lullaby and Love Song and Yeah, Fascination Street. You know, I couldn't imagine the same deep water as you. Right. <laughs> Here <laughs> we go. As the a, cure. Working as a debut single. single, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, even prayers for rain or something. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. They, like, they, wow. they were born to be. Yeah, they were born to be album tracks, weren't they? Yeah. Um, you know, Kiss Me Up plenty to pick yeah. and choose from and even head on the so. door you know um yeah the, the uh, well a night like this technically was a single wasn't it was it in the u.s or the uk uh, not officially yeah they was made it not? a video no, for it and um yeah. yeah it wasn't officially a single for some reason unless they did well, some if, kind of promotion. yeah well there you go i think that that would have yeah I reckon that would have been a big enough hit for them yeah um but I don't know it's kind of one of them are they iconic because of the singles or or are the you know what I mean? Is it yeah. the other way around? Because to me, like in between days, it's just such a, you know, it's not my favorite song, but it, it it's so iconic. Yeah, and it just works so well as a single and and a kind of a, like a, a preview, a, a teaser to this band, and you know, it, it's so unique and it, it just screams the cure to me. I, I struggle to kind of see a, a timeline. Yeah, where that was left on the album, you know, the the general radio audiences, the the general chart audiences never, never heard it. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, I guess just 
the realistic side of that is, you know, how many people that are Cure fans, the majority of all fell in love with like staring at the sea, the singles collection or the greatest hits album, probably for later fans, you know, where it's just like, yeah, those are yeah, what great. hook you, you know, and then you yeah. get into the deep. Well, then shit, again, though, like, now oh. you say that, you know, the greatest hits yeah. <laughs> hasn't got the best, hasn't got the best track listed. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not, um, but I mean, I guess if you'd never heard those, then sure. You yeah. Know, you know, it's all like, but yeah, when I look at it, I'm kind of like, really? It like, doesn't even have, pictures of you on it i think that like, was my that, that, that was one of my first kind of that, that was my first kind of ventures into the cure yeah um before getting onto the studio albums was obviously picking up the greatest hits and right it does kind of leave you with kind of a different picture to what the band actually are right in general so so yeah it, it's it's an interesting one but again you know I could never, I could never see sinking being a lead single. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I could never, I could never see baby screams being um, a, a lead single. It, yeah. To me, it always had to be in between days and close to me. Let's see. We got a question from Patreon crew again. We got Alan, and uh, Alan goes back to the member lineup changes, and this time it's Robert in question. He says, "What if Robert had left the Cure?" in 1979 and joined Susie, Susie and the Banshees full-time. I guess even we could do that as a two-parter in 82, too, if he had just packed it all in after pornography and gone full Banshee for the rest of his career. So I guess uh, if he had left after 79, we'd only have one Cure album in, <laughs> ever, and that would be Three Imaginary Boys. How do you think that would affect their legacy? <laughs> Um, well, if they only had one one album, they, they probably would have really been um, forgotten to time. Um, would have been a lot harder to do this podcast, I think, if they'd only had the one album. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> um, what about if they only had four albums and he had left after 82? Would, I think they probably could have had a dark goth band legacy then with those albums for sure um yeah i could definitely see him being this kind of like underground or oh, if you ever heard the band of the cure they only yeah. did like four albums right, um, reunite yeah for I, could, I, I, could, I, could, <laughs> I could see that work and they, they, they would like that that would be like obviously you know it'd be a massive tragedy of what what you know what what they followed up with but it would have been a decent little bookend of kind of yeah. like a consistent little run you know, except for that first album, but that was kind of like early days finding the footing. But right. I, I could see people seeing that as like a trilogy of like iconic albums by this band that, you know, came and went. Like it's similar to, I don't know, people are going to get angry at this comparison, but The Smiths, you know, yeah, all studio albums and out. Whatever yeah. happened after that happened after that with other members. But yeah, yeah. that's a body of work that most people would say is a, is a consistent solid body of work and and it's you know still listened to and and loved to this day obviously again you know i don't i don't want to i don't want to stoke the flames too much but i think the smiths (laughs) did have more hit potential in their early days than the cure did so the smiths are a lot more mainstream than the first few cure albums at least you know what i mean and a lot of singles so i mean that's yeah yeah 
it's it's nice to actually to have the flip side of that on here for a change. Right? I'm usually uh, battling all the Morrissey hate, and I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> it's, it's like, all right, all right, but there's no denying the songs. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm always amazed by the Smiths like time frame of how short that was when you really look at it, and just how many. Yeah. Al- I mean, how many singles they squeezed in between all those albums, and you know, I'm just yeah. like, wow, man. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I like that. Sometimes there's there's bands, obviously that this is a bit more like my kind of um, era. But um, System of a Dam Uh only ever did yeah yeah, no five five albums. Okay, but it's that that's it. Kind of with the Cure is obviously you know they've got such a body of work. There's there's obviously some duds in there, Um, and it is impressive when you can look at like a band's catalog and, and be like. All that is gold. Yeah. All that is solid. Um. Mm. Obviously, you know it would have it would have just been like an absolute tragedy if the cure gave up at like eighty two. Yeah. And you know we <laughs> never got anything past that. Right. But, but yeah, yeah they, those yeah. those three four albums would be golden. You know, it'd be kind of Joy Division esque, I guess, in a sense that you have that with Joy Division, unfortunately. But um, you know, it's it's not. There's no filler for sure, you know. So, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um let's see. Question 14. Uh the cure what if the cure feat were featured prominently on the soundtrack of Stranger Things season four? <laughs> I'm assuming that's what the idea that they had a massive hit that would have them all over the, the internet again, like Kate Bush. Um, yeah. Running I mean, up that hill. I would yeah. be happy for them i guess i guess there's kate bush fans out there that are pissed off that people are just catching on now but i mean isn't that the the case with any time that a, a band yeah. has a resurgence well, the, i think yeah i've seen yeah i've seen i've seen a lot of discourse about this i've not seen stranger things but you know uh-huh. i obviously know enough about it i've seen a lot of discourse and it's it's kind of like a lot of people in my age range and that's kind of like how people who were metalheads and alternative fans got a lot of abuse yeah. growing up and got, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of got a lot of bullying from the, the, the you know, quote unquote normal crowd. Right. And now this kind of Stranger Things season's blown up and this like isn't it like a metalhead character or yeah, something like yeah. that? And it and everyone loves him and everyone's like embracing the music and, and wearing Metallica t shirts. And mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of pe- I've seen a lot of pushback from that of people going, No, you know, that that's ours. Yeah. We suffered for this, and you shouldn't just jump on it, which I really don't agree with. And I think Cure fans as a whole are usually very happy when the Cure kind of gets some kind of um, recognition know. because yeah. they say that you know they've been a band that's you know charted and, and had hits, but they, they always have been that. They always have been a bit of an underdog, haven't they? They've, they've never been you know fully like mainstream. Yeah. So I think I think fans usually do get quite excited. Obviously, you know we have like Robert Smith appearing on South Park, right. um, even more recent things like you know um, that viral clip of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know the collaborations with like gorillas and churches and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and and the Glastonbury headline set. And whenever you see that, you look in the Cure community, and it, it's it's usually very positive. Yeah. Whereas the Kate Bush is kind of like a, um, you know, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of 
you know, <laughs> decent Kate Bush fans, but right. I think there was a bit more of a music elitism with Kate Bush. Yeah, maybe. You have, obviously, because she's a lot more of, like, a niche artist. Yeah. So I think there is a bit of a pushback, you know. And, you know, it, it, frust- it can frustrate you, really, when it, can't it, when, you know, like, everyone thinks of your favourite artist for this, like, one song, and you're just like, right. no, listen to this and listen to this. No, I just want to listen to this because it's on the show. Right, right. Um, you know, yeah, I, I can I, see I that think, angle if, if all yeah, of a sudden Letter to Elise became the... that before, yeah. If Letter to Elise um, became the Stranger Things song, you know, you'd be like, what, what? <laughs> you'd just be like, yeah, it's cool that everyone loves it. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, that song's yeah. been way cool for so long, you know. And, what, what what song do you think would would have worked for that? What song do you think they could? Because I say they, they they might still do this, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm sure, you know. And you know, the whole show is kind of just based on '80s nostalgia in the sense that it's a little overdone in my taste, you know. Or everything almost looks like product placement by this by the later seasons in particular, you know. But yeah, so it's kind of like, ugh, you know. But I think they used it great, though. It's actually part of the storyline, and it's you know relevant it's cool that she's using the song and saying the song it's not like they just play it in the one scene that's cool or something so yeah it's, it's always it's good in the sound i say you did soundtracks like a couple of episodes back yeah then, yeah but, just the last um, one it's, and... it's always good when they incorporate the kind of soundtrack into the film or show right rather than just 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 play it it just comes on where yeah. there's like you know um it kind of blends into it a bit more yeah. then yeah, blends yeah. into it a bit more so um but yeah i don't know what the best i guess they would be around 80 i don't know the, the last season when they're all like full-on mall you know i could see some like head on the door diehard like in the thick of the 80s kind of stuff you know going on but as we did that movies episode and shows like in between days and close to me are like used all over the place. It would be yeah. cool to have something. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Running up that hill. And... It's known, but it's not super well known. Yeah, is it? So yeah, I think so... a lot of people heard that for the first time. Whereas I think most people have heard the cure, even if they don't know that you've heard the right. cure. <laughs> yeah. Um, totally. It would have to be yeah. something like, so he's twins or you know cold or something, you know, <laughs> some yeah. like full on like dark era song, you know, like what is this? Uh, other voices there's a huge number one hit now you know so so yeah i'd be happy for it though um along those lines what if uh the cure had linked up with anton corbin as their primary video director instead of tim pope so um you know i think it just would have really embraced the dark and uh moodiness of the care um which could have been cool they might have had the more artsy angle but i think that was what's cool about tim pope is that he you know captured the goofy side too and made a lot of people you know especially as they started covering more pop songs and dark songs you know you you were able to show people that they're a fun band too and not just joy division or something you know where it's like yeah, yeah. everything's super serious you know so, yeah so yeah i don't know i think it definitely would have hurt them as far as mainstream success and you know I can't imagine like an all black and white serious video for, you know, close to me or something. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. Uh, the, the the music video is like close to me. Uh, it's so iconic. Yeah. So it's 
Yeah, it'd have been tough to pull that off for the poppy songs, but uh, I don't know. He's an awesome director. I love all his stuff, and uh, just visually, they're always great. But it is always very serious, for sure. Um, um, it, it's it's kind of difficult to see, you know, something other than that, isn't it? You know, right. <laughs> All right, we are on question 16 as we're starting to wind down the list here. This is uh, still from Alan here from the Patreon. He says, what if The Cure released a full-on rock album in 87 instead of Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me? So I think with the idea of with the pop blowing up in 87 and kind of shifting The Cure in the more mainstream pop, you know, like dominating mm-hmm. that world too, what if they had just gone... Full yeah. on rock. Um, he says similar to the Cult releasing Electric, which slightly familiar with the Cult, but I'm not super. So apologies there. Did was that just like full on badass rock album or something? Are you familiar with the Cult? <laughs> I, I assume so. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I am aware of the Cult. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am aware of them. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. I, I get I get where that question's coming from because. Yeah, they've always been a hard band to like pin down, haven't they? You know, you'll never hear them on a rock radio station, but you know, you're you're not gonna hear them on, you know, I Heart the Eighties that much, are you? Right. Um I I probably would have say I would have liked Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me more if it was like that, because I think of you know, tracks like The Kiss. Yeah. Like and, been you know, if only tonight we could sleep and that. And, and they are like pretty dark, like rocky tracks and maybe with a bit more, you know, a bit more green and a bit more kind of rawness to it. They, they, they could have sounded pretty cool and it would have been a would have been a cool avenue. Um saying that though, we would have obviously lost out on um just like heaven. And yeah. I think that's like one of the most kind of perfect songs to ever yeah, exist <laughs> and i've i've heard like recordings of them doing that during the during the uh the self-titled era where they kind of grunge it up rock right. it up a bit more don't they you know especially when they when they drop the keys out the band for a bit yeah and and it it really doesn't work it, it it's it's them keys and that piano and and that kind of tempo and that tone that just make a song like that perfect you know mm-hmm. um and to me, like, yeah, it, it, I kind of like Kiss Me the way it is. Yeah. See, hard rock. I could see some songs definitely benefiting from it, but other songs suffering because I say, like, some some of the Kiss Me stuff goes <laughs> using a using a kind of um, <laughs> a zoomer a zoomer phrase. Yeah, they, they, they go hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the songs do go hard, but they're not they're not heavy. You know, they're not they're not like rock. Like, um, hey, you, yeah, I could imagine <laughs> yeah. that with, like, that would have gone pretty well, that. So, like, yeah. some songs would have worked. And then, I mean, Just Like Heaven still would have worked because, you know, you think of that Dinosaur Junior cover of it. And True, yeah. It's, it's nowhere near as good, but, you <laughs> know. Um, so, yeah, I mean... They say like going back with the cure and how they've they've like kind of dipped their toes in like so many different styles and each album brings something new. I can't see it like changing the future of the band up too much because they could have just done that and then gone straight to disintegration. Yeah. Um, I mean you know what I mean? You kind of wonder if um yeah, I guess just the the what if side of it all is like 
yeah, I think Cure fans and their legacy and the string of albums, they could have put out something more rocking and cool, and we all would have been fine with it, and it would have pretty much still put them in the same spot. But I think there is an argument maybe of like Kiss Me, Kiss Me totally set up the success of Disintegration by tapping into the mainstream more and like getting more pop and kind of opening up radio stations and people's eyes more like oh this cure band this cure band and then like even though disintegration was like a heavier darker album it was on their radar because of kiss me you know like if they had just been like another kind of rock album that didn't really blow up or get much attention before then then maybe disintegration wouldn't have had the success it had you know but so there's some some pondering there but uh you know Maybe that would have been cool too. So, <laughs> but uh, I, th- I think Kiss Me did do a lot to just keep the momentum going from Head on the Door of being this like, oh, the Cure's just this cool pop band that has a lot of layers now. And then they're like, oh, there's a pop band that has a ton of fucking layers now with Kiss Me. And then you're like, oh, and then there's Disintegration. They still can get moody, you know? And it's like, it just kept building on itself at that era. And that's what was kind of cool. But, um, you know, like I said, I think it, they would have ended up in the same spot and real fans would have been happy with, with all of it, you know, so it's hard to yeah, say. Yeah, as I say, you know, obviously me being like not existing yeah. <laughs> when Kiss Me came out, yeah. but, you know, from kind of listening to the podcast and, and listening to kind of fans talk about it, you know, Cure fans in the 80s were, were, were kind of them outcasts, weren't they? Because, you know, yeah. the, 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 the rock you know that the, you know the the rockheads kind of didn't kind of acknowledge them and they were too weird and abstract for like pop yeah so yeah it would have been interesting to see if see them tap tap into more of the rock and would that have opened them up towards the you know the rockers would that have swayed fans away a bit of oh you know the you know they're trying to please that you know they're trying to please the mainstream crowds and yeah. they're not they're not really being themselves yeah it's a, it's a tough balance and it, it, it's interesting isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. very cool <laughs> and i guess we're down to the last one this was a finale question from uh coulter as well and um <laughs> you're gonna love this one it says what if simon wasn't tired of the betrayal Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess we'd bury where we are now. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. I guess he I, uh, in the alternate reality, he'd just be fine, and they'd be touring in the fall. We'd be uh, hoping for a new album. Robert would still be allowed to come to his daughter's wedding. <laughs> that would be Did he not nice. go to the daughter's wedding. Oh no, he was there. Yeah, recently. Oh, was was, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the alt world, bizarre. so that, maybe that he's not such... tired. <laughs> I I can't get my head around any of that. That must have literally just been a few too many beers. Yeah, I think it was just a... I say it was, yeah, it was so bizarre. It's just, all, no offense to any of the older listeners out there, but, you know, past a certain age, you, you need to get off social media. Yeah, especially, especially... You don't know how it works. Especially when you, you have don't know the beers, consequences. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know the consequences of your actions. You know, you, you have the whole entire... 
pure fan base freaking out for about three weeks yeah, there. Crying in their beer. You know? <laughs> I can't believe it's yeah. over, man. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, everything's cool. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it was fine. I, I wasn't freaking yeah. out or anything. Everything's fine. <laughs> I, I guess a better question to flip it back is what if he was sick of the betrayal? Yeah, it was uh, like... Uh, I mean, I guess nobody's ever really said anything one way or the other officially in this. And thing. he truly left, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and he went sword in the shit. Everybody shows up for the London. shows in the fall, and there's just some fucking dude up there playing bass. That's <laughs> like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> he's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah they're, do it. <laughs> they're cool, but he's out. He said he was out. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah that would be. It's cool. it's like, as I say, obviously being kind of like a, a younger fan who wasn't there throughout the 80s and stuff but the one thing i i always loved about the band was kind of like the mist like the mystery around them and the mystique and yeah the problem with like social media like like when i found out robert was like on twitter and he was verified it was it was it was kind of like disappointing because it was like no please <laughs> don't. i don't <laughs> i don't want to hear it you know yeah, yeah. i don't want to hear all this you know please don't say anything but yeah you know, i kind of like imagining them like off some you know like 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 the kind of like greek gods or something you know mm-hmm. what i mean these these mythical creatures <laughs> that you don't totally see agree. up yeah. on the stage you know um yeah yeah not not even not even heavy stuff either just like when he tweets out um in all caps um <laughs> calendar missing july sorry kiss 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 yeah yeah <laughs> This is Robert Smith for the cure. Yeah, he's apologizing (laughs) for the fucking typo on the calendar. You know, just like no, you you don't have to do this. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So yeah, that's uh, that's our alternate reality there. So I guess I'm I'm happier that that the way it's all panned out is the way that it, it really is. I don't think there's. Too many that I gushed over here that are like, oh man, that would have been so much cooler. <laughs> Maybe the Ross Robinson thing, but other than that, um... <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to have heard pics of you too. That, that would have been that would have been a banger. Of, that would have been the, the anthem of oh 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 four. That yeah, <laughs> for sure. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we'll end on that note. And uh, thank you so much for kicking this uh, idea into the universe there, and and. Got Glad to have you on to finally hash it out with us. So, uh, I hope everybody out there got real riled up and has some complaints and their views. So uh, definitely hit us up on that social media that loves just hearing people's opinions about shit. So uh, <laughs> it's the perfect outlet, right? So, <laughs> but thanks, John, and hopefully have you on again soon with the full crew. Yeah, no worries. It's been a pleasure coming back. Um, hope to see you soon. Yeah, you gonna hit any of the the European dates? Yeah, and I'm going to see them in Leeds. For some reason, they're not playing Manchester, which is the closest uh, to where I live. Damn it! For some strange reason, huh. there was the 2016 con- controversy one. Did you remember that? No, what was that all about? He cut the set short, oh, didn't right. he, yeah. in Manchester, and then some people were saying it was down to Robert having a sore throat. Others were saying it was down to him kind of not being happy with the crowd. Uh-huh. Um, and funnily enough, the next time they do a tour, 
Manchester's not on the bill. Shit, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. I hadn't even thought so, of that. And uh, tin, tin foil hats at the ready, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, getting the reports back from that show, and it was a weird one because yeah, people were like, "What's up?" The short shows cut short. Voice was a little shaky, but yeah, so maybe shit, some something went down. That's that sucks for you though, man. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. but uh, he couldn't he couldn't stop thinking about Morrissey because he was in Manchester. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> He's afraid he it was going to be an awkward uh, <laughs> run in. Yeah, but um, hmm, yeah. Well, uh, you'll definitely have to let us know how the Leeds show goes, and uh, we can do the reporting from over here. And uh, I hope it's a blast, man. I'm getting psyched now hearing about it. It's going to be cool. It's going to happen soon. Uh, what date is that one? Is it like later? or The 6th of December. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. I think it is on the back end. I think they're kind of coming to the UK so you might at have the back it. end of the tour, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, I think, I think it, it starts in like October, doesn't it? Yeah. They haven't done U- There's no US dates or anything like no, that. Yet, yeah, still, no, I thought they'd no. be announced. Hopefully they'll start like announcing them right around when this kicks off, would be my guess. That's kind of how the 2016 one was, or at least by like November they'll start announcing some stuff for spring of next year. Hopefully. Yeah, fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed for that, yeah. Yeah, that would be say, cool. I'm looking forward to it. Last time I saw them was uh, goal, Glasgow. Yeah, in 2019, and and that was that was amazing. Awesome. Um, really hope the new album's out, but at the same time, I do have a bet with my uncle that if the new album isn't out by the time we see him, uh-huh. he has to get me a t-shirt. If it's out, I have to get him a t-shirt. Nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Or at least hear some cool songs from it. Maybe they'll pluck a few to, to sample if it isn't out. You know, and uh, yeah, 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 you should have a pretty good idea what you're getting into by December at least. Uh, yeah, you'd think it's just. <laughs> so I don't want to keep this dragging on too long now, but um, the, the wish reissue is is what kind of concerns me because it's like are, are you really going to release a reissue album the same that close to a new album yeah it does seem um, a little with, weird with like vinyl and stuff you usually have to kind of get that sent off to the pressings within like three or four months yeah but you usually find out about an album at least three months before it yeah. comes out don't you yeah. i don't think they'd release it without the full kind of you know f without it being available in every format yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Twenty twenty three. Getting the vibe. <laughs> it's gonna be bumped. Yeah, probably right before the U.S. Yeah. tour would be my guess, and then they'll come back and play some more. You know, like it'll be one of those deals where they can kind of just group it in with the North America tour or something, and then come back and do you know scattered dates wherever. It'll be something like that probably, but uh, either way, if it gets there, I guess we can wait a little longer. But at least we're getting the wish reissue. <laughs> I'm trying to see oh, the, yeah, see the positive. That. At least we all love yeah. that album. We know that one's good. So. Yeah, I'm gonna put, I can put my original copy in a in a safe somewhere now and keep it preserved. There you go. Yeah, it's just gonna okay. increase. It's like those Pokemon cards or something. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I'll let you go and thank you so much for chatting. And uh, we'll be in touch, man. Have fun and be safe out there. Cool. Thanks for having us. See ya. Bye. Christmas, come over here and kiss me, kiss me, hey you! 
All right, again, a very special thank you to John for joining me and uh, coming up with the idea of this magical imaginary journey through Cure What If Land. And thanks so much to you guys for listening out there, as always. We'd love to wrap up the show now with a wonderful shout-out to our Patreon crew. If you're interested in joining Patreon for the Holy Hour Podcast, go to patreon.com slash the Holy Hour Podcast and see what's going on over there. And uh, be a part of the family, much like our beloved Donna, Craig, Jeff Hilton, Jeff Cortland, Jones, Suzanne, Ben, John, Allison, Alan, Dione, Namicio, Danny, and Coulter. And of course, Scott Kruger over at the Sarlacc Digest. He has an all-Star Wars podcast. It runs its live shows every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube. And you can catch the replays everywhere that you listen to podcasts. All kinds of cool stuff always going on in the chat rooms over there. They call it the pit how cool is that right so come on over and join me in the pit every wednesday night and uh get in on the star wars love and action kate is over at curethreads.com and has a wonderful website up full of all kinds of cure inspired original artwork that she's come up with and has on everything that you can imagine shirts coffee mugs flip-flops cell phone cases all kinds of stuff or just straight up beautiful artwork uh, you can get some prints over there too. So go over and check that out and check out her newest book, The Secret Life of the Otter, which you can order on Amazon and probably most places online. Uh, just type in Secret Life of the Otter and uh, you will not be sorry. It's a wonderful book. Just got a wonderful review in the Wall Street Journal even. Uh, Lisa says, go check out Dickens if you're in the Calgary area. That's a venue uh, that hosts a wide range of live shows and events. So uh, check out their schedule and calendar of what's coming up at DickensYYC.com. And if you're in the area, go check out a show. There's going to be some good ones. And um, you don't want to miss out, eh? So go on over to DickensYYC on Twitch, too. And uh, be sure to set the notifications so anytime they do a live stream, you can see uh, be part of that online action. So you don't have to be up in Canada for that. Matt wants you all to remember that sometimes you need to donate some blood and help out your fellow humans. So uh, get the Red Cross Blood Donor app. It's easy. It's free. Uh, you can schedule an appointment. You can track your blood once you've donated it to make sure it's going where you want it to go. So I'm not sure really how much control you have over it, but you can see where it goes from uh, out of your arm and into the world. So do your part, help out your fellow humans and donate blood. And of course, Chaz, our good buddy, runs 17secondshirts.bigcartel.com. That's the official website. You go on over there and check out what he has for pre-orders up right now, or you can check him out on Instagram at 17 underscore seconds and uh, See, get in on action. Get some cool Cure shirts ready for the fall tour so you don't look like a schlep. And everybody be like, oh, shit, where'd you get that cool Cure shirt? And be like, 17 second shirts. They'd be like, wait, what? I haven't heard of that. And he's like, because you're a loser and you don't know about this stuff. Oh, just kidding. It won't get that weird, I promise. Just uh, check out his website. Pre-order it when it comes up because you don't want to miss out. Sometimes he gets extras, but you don't want to count on that. Get in on the action. Order it when it pops up. And, uh... You will not be sorry. Quality 
wonderfully designed shirts over at 17 Seconds Shirts. And that's about it for now. So I'm going to try to uh, catch you guys soon. Come on back. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at the Holy Hour Podcast. And check out our Facebook page where you can leave some comments. Um, come up with some what-ifs of your own if you want over there. Or give us your opinions on some of these what-if topics over on Facebook. Everybody loves giving their opinions on Facebook, right? So don't uh, don't let this fall short either. So go on over to Facebook and uh, check it out uh, or just drop me an email at gavinconnor at gmail.com always love to hear from you and uh, we'll talk to you soon alright got that 200th episode it's creeping up on us it's creeping up we've almost made it so until then go uh, wonder what could have been what if what if and talk hard <laughs> <laughs>